Gracious Heavenly Father, we come to you, serving you, thanking you for this time. We pray that what we learn, we use for you and your kingdom and furthering the knowledge of your son and enriching our lives as such, but just following your simple instructions. Lord, thank you for the souls that are here. We pray that they are edified and encourage one another in the process. In Christ's name, amen. amen. So um, beginning with Proverbs chapter 3, um, this thing catches your breathing. Jeez. Okay. Okay. Now I'm not, now I'm not when I'm exhaling, I like, hear myself. In chapter 3, um, there are 35 verses, and I want to cover some highlights of those 35 verses, but there are three points we will, will cover in the process. Uh, one is we want to give you the six keys for a good life. Secondly, we want to give you the value of wisdom. And thirdly, there are six negatives for a wise life. So there's some, at the beginning it tells about some do's, then there's some things of value just for you to have a better life than what you are having right now. And then there's some negatives, some don'ts. Don't get caught up in these things, don't do these things. So starting with uh, chapter three, my outline I have is for six keys to a good life and I could give you the if someone would read between um, Proverbs number one through 12, and then we'll start there. Okay. So I want you to visualize that um, this counsel that's being given right now in this chapter three is like a father giving counsel to a young son, saying, look, before you go out into the world, this is what you're going to need, so take heed. And um, 
the key to a long and peaceful life is my first point. Verses one and two, if anyone has any experience with verses one and two, heeding a long and peaceful life. And I, I want to say what long means, but I would like your um, assessment of verses one and two. Someone. What does long and peaceful life mean to you? Long and peaceful. Growing up as a young person in a household with a parent or parents, you did not want peace because you wanted to do it your way. The parent didn't have peace because you were the young person in the house. And it wasn't until you left the house that you understood what the peace they were trying to give you. And then once you found out that this is how you get it, you were so disappointed that you didn't listen at the beginning when you had a chance and you would have had a, the longer would have been a much more valuable and enjoyable experience of being a kid, of being a young adult. But you, you spend so much time fighting life and so much time fighting the system and, and going against everything to the point you missed out on the greatness that you could have prospered in that life of that youth. But you spent most of it in battle, not in peace. You spent most of it short-lived, where you didn't enjoy what was being experienced. You were so busy trying to get to the next thing and do the next, be the, with the next person, or worry about what people think, or worry about what people do. So you were, you were not at peace. So if we are able to take heed to our Father's words, where we listen to the Father, even in our older age, out of the house of our parents, hopefully all of us are at this age, um, <laughs> um, that we are able to enjoy prosperity in our life longer and really see what God is offering us through this, through this experience in our life. It's just not, I, I look at it like, some, like you just said, somebody may be young, they may be, you know, say, oh, they died young, they died old. I mean, I, I go back to the verse where um, it's in the New Testament, it talks about where God looks at a day like a thousand years. I forget what scripture that is. Okay, so I actually did the calculation and I said, okay, if God looks at a day as a thousand years, then I sat down, I got the, I went to the internet, did the birthday calculator. Then I calculated my birth in years, and we always count years, but you know, if you count days, you'd be a little more appreciative because mine is like over 20,000, it's like 25,000, whatever number it is. But, so you count that 20, say me 20,000 days old. Well, times that, times 1,000, and think of it looking at it in God's eyes. So that's 25 million, I believe. If I say 20,000 20, days 
times a thousand, that's 20 million. So in God's eyes, you've been away from him that long. See what I'm saying? So you gotta, don't think like Ricky said earlier, don't think your way, think God's way. It's like, you've been gone from him a long time. Whether you've been on this earth 10 years, or 70 years, or 190 years, you've been gone from him. And that's why he wants to keep you close. So the ideal is to give you that instruction you need so you can enjoy the life that you have here to do his will. Well, yes? I mean, we can see a little bit of this uh, with the little bit of knowledge we have. Because you know that when you're upset, anxious, and worrying about things, that causes ulcers. I mean, the soul and the physical body are, are intertwined, and they're in, to be What's good for one is good for the other. And so this idea that my little bit of insight shows how that I'm going to be healthier and have a better life if I do it God's way, how much more is true that I don't even understand necessarily. So, yeah, I mean, I can see that worrying about things is going to give me ulcers and cause me trouble, and I'll die sooner. But that's, but that's just my little bit of understanding. How much more is there that I don't even understand that God is doing? Yep. In verses uh, three and four, they give us, they tell us about the, about how you would have popularity, um, the best popularity. He um, said, "You will win favor and a good name in the sight of God and man. Just follow his instructions." So it's kind of like you just think back, just follow the instructions. You're going to be okay. I know it seems hard to do at times, but if we just do it, it works. It's almost like, think of your young children at home or your teens at home, you keep telling them, just do what I told you to do. Even when they're adults and they live on their own and they got their families, you're telling them, you're giving them instructions and you see them keep doing something else. You go like, ah, I told them. So, um, so just do it and you'd be surprised. So I, I, uh, verse one and two was about peaceful and long life. Verse three and four is about popularity. And in Matthew 5, Seven, it talks about um, men will find great favor in the sight of God just by doing what he says. Um, verses uh, five and six, it says, have the Lord direct your paths. This is how to have successful ventures. So basically, first you have to trust with all your heart, and that means everything that you are. Um, have we not trusted God in some things in our life? Have we thought we could do it better or that it was not quick enough for us or that we knew the right way to do it? We thought we had the right answer. So we're going along our path and our journey and things are moving in a certain direction. Have we consulted with God to make our path straight? Have we? Yes. That's where people mess up is because I'm going to do it myself. And when you sometimes jump in and actually do it, it'll take time. You have to mess up. You have to patient with it. You have to wait for God to move it. Because the thing about it is that one, 
but I, I believe I'm right, so why should I consult with God on all that, right? I got the answer. I, it worked for me before. Just because it worked one time don't mean you should. Yes, sir. Yeah, and I, I look at that and, yes, sir. Right, right. That's right. I mean, that's, it's that simple. It is that simple. We, <laughs> who are we? <laughs> we are very important to God, but we ain't that smart. We, can, we will never, ever be that smart. That's why he's given us these instructions. Yes, sir. Amen. Uh, the next one was the key to good health, and that was in verse three, uh, um, chapter, um, verse seven and eight. It said, uh, "Don't be arrogant, fear the Lord, and uh, and depart from evil." So, basically, when you know something's wrong, just go the opposite direction. If you know something makes you upset, I, I've learned this over time. Anything that makes me upset, it's about me something I wanted or didn't want or something something that I thought should have happened or shouldn't happen. So I have to learn to say, wait a minute, it's not about me. And in that way, I can back off my, my unnecessary un, um, anger uh, or upsetness about something. So it could be something internal. You fail to do something. And so you let that fester in your mind and you let that grow in your spirit and then now it overtakes your body. And he says, use your own eyes. It's like, stop looking through other people's eyes for what's right and wrong. You don't have to watch TV to determine what's right or wrong. You already know. <laughs> your mother and father or your mother, your grandmama or somebody, your auntie, somebody taught you right and wrong. And probably some of the first words you guys experience as little kids is no. You know, little kids tell you no before they'll say yes, because they learn that I can do it my way. And you, you, you learn from that point, no is not the, the answer to your authorities. So it's the same thing to God. You do not say no to God. You actually should comply with what God is telling you for your own safety. This, these proverbs are just short ways to tell you longer ways of bigger things, but they just like nuggets. You go in and you grab one, you say, ah, I needed that, and just grab it and take it in for that day. They say you could do proverbs in 31 days, but it's a lot. I mean, but now as I'm older, I like to just stay in a small portion, so you can, you know, you can move through it quickly or you could not, but I'm saying just open it up one day and just pick a couple of verses and use that for the day, then go use some for the next day. But remember, it's good things to be uh, used here.
So for good health, it says, don't depart <clears throat> from uh, the Lord. Don't be arrogant. Key to prosperity in verse 9 and 10. Key to prosperity, verse 9 and 10. Can someone turn to 2 Corinthians 9, 6 through 9 and read that for us? And again, prosperity is a specific word, but it's just not always meant like in your hand, cash type things. Prosperity, prosper. It should be something that is continuous and something that is growing, something that is constant, prospering. It's not something that's one time. So 2 Corinthians 9, 6 through 9. That should go along with um, Proverbs 3, 9 and 10. What does it say there? I didn't hear the word some. I didn't hear the word maybe. I didn't hear the word kind of. I didn't hear the word only. I, I mean, if you heard those words, that's how we feel. We think that if we, if we only do this, or we, we will maybe possibly. But th those words there says all, 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 abundance, forever. I mean, it's just like, we, we need to start believing what God is telling us and start just, just doing it. You'd be surprised at the difference it makes in your prosperity and your feelings and how you engage in this life. We spend more time worried what it doesn't say. Well, he didn't say he would just drop the cash down on your head, but he said just do this cheerfully and you'd be surprised what I will do for you. And I will give you, in the word was abundance, was it not? Abundance. I don't, abundance may not be what I think it should be, but he's probably giving it to me and I'm missing it because I'm too busy being mad that, like Jonah, you know, I don't, I don't want those people to repent. Why I got to be, you know, look at a tree, you died, and I, you know, I didn't make the tree, but God made it for me to, in the heat of the day to protect me. But I'm upset. So I'm not even recognizing the abundance that I received from him. So the key to prosperity is to. Give the best you have to the Lord. Your first fruits, whatever those are. Um, honor the Lord with your wealth. And this, I have wealth, but we look at wealth as money again. Wealth is everything that you possibly can have on this earth. Because we didn't create anything on this earth. Everything was already here. But it's a wealth of things that we can do and be part of to give to God. And that includes giving to each other because that is how we distribute the wealth that God has given us. And my last point in this uh, area is uh, 
accepting the Lord's discipline, which um, I don't like, but I, I, uh, I have to be honest with God. I say, oh, God, why have to, you just have to be me? Why do you got to do it this way? Um, verse 11 and 12 talks about discipline. It says, because he dis disciplines those he loves. Anyone ever seen Kuhan Luke? Anybody? Raise your hand. Years ago, it's like from the 60s, I think, or 70s. And it's a part in there where Paul Newman is, um, he's getting beat by the captain on a chain gang because he's a prisoner and, and he's got a mouth. So Luke always talks, his, he's like a Peter. He says what he got to say. He talks what he want to say and he thinks he's a cool guy. Uh, and then so the captain's beating on him and, and, um, and then Luke says something like, Captain, I wish you wouldn't love me so much or I forgot the exact terminology, but basically, because the guy beating him, he said, I got to do this because, you know, you guys got to be disciplined. He said, I w wish you stopped loving me so much. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, so if you ever see that movie, see that partner, you'll see where that discipline, uh, you need to be chastised um, for different reasons. The, the captain was trying to produce good prisoners, disciplined prisoners, and Luke didn't like it. He was not disciplined throughout the whole movie. All right, so we should expect discipline if we are his children. In Hebrews 12, someone get that? Hebrews 12, 7 through 9. And i just like to read that, and then we'll move over to uh, 13 through 24. Hebrews 7 through 9. We should expect discipline. In your hardships, So when my mother would take a licking to me, I surely didn't think she loved me. And she, she beat the living daylights out of me, I thought. Sometimes almost to the edge of my life thought, as far as I was concerned. Um, um, but then I realized that there's something she didn't take a licking to me for. And I said, man, I got away with some things. But in reality, she was, I might have thought she was being wrong and harsh to me, but she was actually taking the time because she loved me. And I thought that she was just crazy. I was like, this person, what is she doing to me? You know, um, why can't I have those friends? Why can't I do this? And why do I got to take, you know, a licking for falling down at my safety boy station with my, and my pants are dirty and take a whipping in front of my friends on my butt? Um, well, I guess she taught me like, hey, look, you got a responsibility. You're not supposed to be out there playing around. That was embarrassing, but I never did that again. <laughs> so. Um, there's some discipline to be had. You may not like what's going on in your life. It may be something that God is disciplining you, and you just got to accept that because he loves you. It may feel like the most painful thing you're going through, but it's discipline. Use something you need in your life to discipline you, and that's how it works. I don't know why. It just is that way. Discipline is not a bad thing. It just... It gives you a left and a right 
And you could bump yourself left and right in that guardrail all day long, but you're not going off the track. It's, it's, it keeps you within. You keep choosing to go down the path. He just keeps you in line if you follow his instructions. And that discipline may come in a form of something you don't like. So I, I can't tell you any different because he said he's doing a discipline. I don't determine what the discipline is. All right, so uh, verses 13 through 14, the value of wisdom is in those uh, verses. Uh, and there's a couple points. Um, 13, um, in verse 15, it says, and they start using the term she, and I think he's, as he's telling the story to the son, he's like, he's giving him a, a, a person to look at and say, here, here's a she, and this, this is something precious. She is more precious than rubies. Nothing you desire can compare with her. Her long life is in her right hand, and in her left hand are riches and honor. Her ways, her ways are pleasant ways, and all her paths, and all her paths are peace. So if, again, if you don't have peace, that's not the path you should be in. It goes back to, and that means you're being disciplined because you need to go back to what I told you, to the peace. So there's some things in life we don't feel no peace. And some things like your children, you tell them and they don't do it. Well, maybe you're being disciplined by God about your children. Leave them alone. <laughs> Let them do that thing that they need discipline from God from, not from you at that point. So this uh, praise of wisdom, this is important. That, that lets you know that this is something that is of value and it's, it's to be um, used and it's to be acknowledged. Verse 19 and 20, if someone can read those two verses for me. So Genesis 1 tells us about this, how it was done. So everything was set in place by wisdom. God didn't just say, ah, I think I'm gonna create something. And then it was not, it was not chaotic. It was a well thought out thing. Everything, if you don't, you want evidence of that, everything you can see and touch and feel and smell and, and taste in this world was based on a thought, everything. There's nothing on this earth that didn't come from a thought. And the things that God created came from wisdom. And that's what we need to remember, is that if we just follow him, we're gonna be okay. Things that we create, they're cool and things like that, or you know, high and new and, and um, may make us excited about some things, and, we have great tools in life, but they, they may not be out of wisdom. And so they may not always be the best thing for us. And sometimes when they cause you no peace, go back to peace. So if you notice, I just keep saying that, just go back to the peace, go back to the thing, self-discipline yourself because your father is gonna correct you also. Okay. So we've seen God's use of wisdom through his creation, verse 19 and 20. We can see what it can do for us in verse 22 and 20, I mean 21 and 22. Can someone read that? 21 and 22, what it can do for us. My son, let not them depart from thine eyes. Keep 
sound wisdom and discretion. So shall they be life unto the soul and grace to thy neck. So they will be life for you. For your soul. Beauty and adornment for your neck. I mean, if you just think about that for a minute. The most beautiful thing that you've seen, whether it's the ocean, the sky, the moon, you know, your, your husband, your wife, your friend, babies, um, animals, insects, whatever, birds. This is saying that you, you, you have a thing of beauty and of joy forever if you just do this, preserve sound, judgment, and discernment. Don't let them out of your sight. And, and, it, and it's one, we can really go to another part here, but it's about the eyes and the things that you can, you can see, the vision to get there. And it's important you're able to do that. So um, the points I made here were that the value of wisdom, Solomon's praise of wisdom, verse 13 through 18, and verse 19 through 20 was the, uh, the use of wisdom, God's use of wisdom, how he created things. And then verses 21 and 22, and you could even use uh, 23 and 24, it says it will make our life safe and secure. Verse 23 says, then you will go on your way in safety and your foot will not stumble. You will go on your way in safety. And that safetyness I look at is a safetyness that I'm in the Father's hand. I'm in God's hand no matter what happens. I can't pay attention to the storms and the things that have happened around me and the fears that I may have because I'm commanded to fear the Lord, not fear people and things. Um, yes? And the one thing that's been very important, he just said, it says the shadow of death. It didn't say death, it's a shadow. It can't touch you, it can't bother you, it's a shadow. You're gonna walk through it, you're gonna see it. Death is coming, but you ain't gotta be afraid of it. It can't harm you. I'm telling you, it's just like the greatest thing to know that our Father is always providing for us and taking care of those things. We just gotta go back to him and say, oh wait a minute, okay. I gotta actually calm down and take these words in and realize they are true. All right, six negatives. I want to go to verse 25 through 35. The first one I have is don't be afraid in verse 25. Anybody afraid? Verse 25. Anybody afraid? Proverbs 3, verse 25. Yep, that's good. I'm good right there. Thank you, Paul. So that is telling us what could happen, but if it's in, it's telling you don't. 
don't be afraid. It's okay to know that fear is there, it's real, but don't be afraid. Don't let it linger in your life. Uh, verse 27, it says, do not deny good. So, verse 27, can someone read 27 and 28 for me? Do not withhold good from those to whom it is due, when it is in the power of your hand to do so. Do not say to your neighbor, go and come back, and tomorrow I will give it, when you have it with you. So, do not delay, do not deny good. As a matter of fact, in 28 it says, do not delay good. So that's my third point. Uh, do not be afraid, do not deny good, and do not delay good. So you should not, according to this, in a wise, to be wise, you should not deny goodness for those who deserve it. And you know who those people in your lives are, whether it's your friend, your mother, your father, your brother, your sister, your son, somebody you don't know on the street. Just give them something. Do something nice for them. Don't say, I only have this. Start saying, I have everything God has, and what I am given is what I do have. It says, Christians, we owe everyone in this world love. Uh, Romans 13 and 8. So, you could actually give love. You could be nice to somebody. You could show somebody something. You could do something. Um, it said, don't deny those we can help. First John 3, 17. And James, someone could read James chapter 4, 17. pretty simple. If you ever want to know what you should and shouldn't do in life, well, that was a clear one. It's like, if you know the right thing to do, and you do, and you fail to do it, it is a sin, which means you've missed the mark. Uh, and then when you read that verse 28, it says, when it is in your power to do it today, don't delay it. In other words, if you know something to do today that is good, just do it. Just do it. Don't say next week, next year, tomorrow. Yes, sir. Let me get you out of the way, right? Yeah. But then I realized, like, a lot of people want me to just talk to them. Like, hey, how do you know? My name is, this is my name. What's your name? Oh, what's your name? Oh, it's just, oh, it's just kind of tough. And just for me to think, like, I sleep on a really nice mattress, and you sleep on a concrete, and here I am worried about X, Y, and Z. And this is a brother that's in need, someone who's in need. And for me to have my faith, who am I just to blow past me? Yep. And so I deal with this. 
Because we could all say hi to people we know, and people we don't know, we say hi, but people who, like you say, are you know they're in a situation. You may just say, hey, what is your name? I see you every day here, you know? Just taking an interest in them, and you find out, hey, the person used to work, you know, licensed engineer, they lost a job because of this, and then they, they spouse died, and then their kids, you know, did something, and they end up, you know, end up getting in surgery, and something bad happened, and, and then they got on drugs or whatever it is. They, they got a story to tell. And they may just want to take the, the two or three minutes just to tell you about that story. The human, you can give your human self to other people just by saying, hey, hi, how you doing? I see you out here every day, you know? I'm not saying somebody look like they're trying to do some harm to you. Be wise and walk away, but, <laughs> you know, but I mean, but most time if people are there every day, they there because they need to be. Okay, so, and do not devise evil, and do not strive without cause, and do not envy oppressors. So, I want to jump to, um, 329, that's like do not devise e evil, I have a note on. So, 329, it says, uh, do not plot harm against your neighbor who lives trustfully near you. So I believe that uh, your fellow, anybody that you're around is your neighbor. And you should not do anything to harm them. And you should not devise anything to cause them to be in an unsafe situation. Think of your neighbor as the way God thinks of you. Love your neighbor. Love God. Love Christ. Love your neighbor. Your neighbor, don't, you don't have to know your neighbor. The neighbor means someone that's near you. Just love them. If uh, you see your neighbor's grass need to be cut, and you know they can't cut it, or something's wrong, go over there and cut it. They don't have to even know you cut it. That's something simple. The show need to, snow needs to be shoveled. Those are just kind things. But if you call the HOA on your neighbor, that's, that's wrong. <laughs> what you should do, go talk to your neighbor. Hey, what is going on with you? You need any help? You know. Um, I remember one guy, he used to let weeds grow in his yard, and he had come from another country, and he said, well, I didn't know you need to take care of that. He said, in our country, we, those are, we just let them grow. I said, no, I said, here in this country, we don't, that's not, that's a, they'll fine you for that. So he said, thank you. He said, which ones? And I pointed out to him. And so that was just an example I could think of at the top of my head, like something that seemed odd, but it, it was, you would think like, why don't people know? People don't always know, and that's why you who do know should help people. You're the ones that have God it's wisdom. You're the one who have Christ in your life. You're the one supposed to be setting an example and showing God what God is all about. Not the people who don't. The people who don't, they just don't. All right. Yes, sir. That is, uh, it's a hard thing to do sometimes because some people get neighbors that are really bad. Um, <laughs> you do. And so that's, that's some discipline in your life. <laughs> um, you have, you know, we have family members the same way too, so. Um, do not envy oppressors. So verse 31, it says, the wise, 
will inherit honor, but the fools end up, I'm sorry, I'm, in, in, I'm, sorry, I'm in the wrong one. Do not envy the vi a violent man or choose any of his ways. That's in verse 31. So when I was young, there was people who were, I thought were cool because they did things that I thought were cool. And those people later on ended up being people being violent. And I didn't know why my mother didn't want me to hang around those type of people. So again, your parents are there to help you. God is here to help us. Will we do wrong? Yes. Will we miss the mark? Yes. Will things happen? Yes. But don't, don't choose those ways. Look for ways to not choose it. And if things happen, just remember, you have God to go back to. Don't worry about somebody doing something wrong to you, because in verse, um, and later on in Proverbs 22, it talks about God is the avenger of those who oppress the poor. So, and say he will curse, he will curse wicked and the perverse. We don't need, as Christians, we don't need to do anything to other people just because they've done something to us, or they're bad people, or they've done something wrong. We need to do what God wants us to do, and that's follow his instructions, love, Show, set an example. So I was only able to cover chapter three, and the things I covered were six keys to a good life, um, the value of wisdom, six negatives for a wise life, the don'ts. Don't, be, don't envy an oppressor, don't strive without a cause, don't be afraid, don't deny, don't delay, don't devise evil. And in chapter four, it's more of the, it's not, it's not the um, counsel, it's more telling you how do you be wise, supreme, how do, you, how do you take this into your heart, how do you apply it and use all of your body, soul, and spirit to be wise. It's more of a, it's using all your being in existence to be wise, not just one. It's like your ears and your eyes and your mouth. So it's, and your, what you do. It's like everything you have to be wise. And that's what chapter four covers. Um, next week, I don't, I don't know if Carl, I don't think Carl won't be here, but I won't be here either. But the week after, if Carl needs me to teach, I'll be here the week after, so. Um, is there any questions? Yes, sir. Next week, I'm not going to be here. I'm going to be in New York uh, Sunday to Wednesday next week. Okay. That's good. I'll be in Atlanta, Georgia. So. <laughs> any uh, other questions or statements? Let us pray. Gracious and Heavenly Father, we thank you for your Son, Jesus the Christ, who died for us. We thank you for allowing us to hear and see and discuss your word of wisdom. We pray that what we've said and done is pleasing to you and that we carry these words and grow wiser because of it. In Christ's name, amen.